That, that's it. It's just to collect the portion that the Muslims are collecting. Look, listen. The truth about Nigeria is that that's why Christians started making all this noise about Jerusalem. It's because of government patronage. Because government was supporting the trips to Mecca. They just felt that because the principle of equity, government should also support trips to Jerusalem. The truth, the truth is that Christianity does not demand a trip anywhere. That's what I want to emphasize. If you don't teach the truth like this, Christians will be, still be getting their money. My friend told me then that he went to one of those things. Yeah, that's what I was telling you about. That my friend that went to the government entourage. That when they got to the so-called tomb of Jesus Christ, he saw people rolling on the ground, trying to have the sand touch their body. I don't need to tell you that someone will collect some of the sand and quickly bottle the thing, put it in for pocket. The Israelite nation, they know. They don't, they don't. The Israelis, they know. That, that is business. They can bottle it for you and send it if you want. The sand of where Jesus came from. And some Urukuruku pastors. They imported water from Jordan. And the water does not finish. Do you know why? <laughs> Thank you. They say this water is from Jordan. <laughs> they will add more from Ojiri by shake the thing like this. Shake. <laughs> you. Shake it very well. And Christians will queue up. There are pastors that sell, in fact, not, most of pastors that bring, they sell. They may not directly say, this is 5,000. They will bless you with it, anoint you with it, and say, if you've been blessed by this water and you want it to be permanent, who would not want his blessing to be permanent? <laughs> Paul said, that is why I suffer like this. That's why I lose friends like this. That is why I get beaten like this. Because I need to help Christians know this truth. If they don't know it, they will continue in their bondage. That is ministry. That is what ministry is. Paul said, now where was I? So I'm looking at the, okay, the issue of the life of Paul. Paul said, that is my assignment. There are two things that I should add to what we are looking at. He said, there is a vastness of the riches of God in Christ. Which verse that help me so that we can spend save time towards the end of chapter 3? But let me just read from verse 15, okay? He said, I pray for you that the creator of everything, will you, from, will from his glorious and unlimited resources, empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. That is, the reality of Christ comes as you hear the truth about him and you stand firm in it. So your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, this is where I'm going, verse 18. And you may have the power to understand, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too Great to understand fully. Now, this is where I'm going. I'm going to bring out something here. That Paul said, all this striving is so that you can have knowledge. All this striving is so that you can have information. All my striving is so that you can know the doors that have been unlocked for you. Please, let me pass some comments on that again. Because I was saying something, but I didn't put enough emphasis. 
Everything that God has given you, like I said earlier, he gives, he reveals to you as information. You have to stand up and take hold of it. Sometimes trying to open that door may appear hard. Listen, all that the world is trying to do, all Satan is trying to do, is convince you that it's not like that. That's all. That's the only thing he has power to do. It is somehow, sometimes when people are preaching, and they make it appear as if, which is one of the things I in that chat I was telling you about, I said, why do people pray all these prayers of fear, prayers of unbelief? You have sent, sent a message to me now that I should, um, I should pray over my money. Is that helping me or making me fearful? I said, what am I going to say to the money that you say I should pray over? Listen, all of those things are generating what? Fear. That's what they are generating. Everything is generating fear. Trying to change your mind. And I said to my brethren, I said, why do we pray as if this almighty devil, that Jesus is powerless against him? And we have to fast ourselves, our lives to pieces. You know what I call fasting? And pray and pray. Paradventure we'll be able to get a shred of victory. That's what it's about. You declare 70 days fast when Jesus is 40. You say, check him. Is it good? <laughs> I said, all of these things, we behave as if there is a power that the devil has that Jesus doesn't have. What am I saying? When things are hard like that, all the devil is trying to do is to persuade you otherwise. He doesn't have any other power. He came to the garden. All he could say to Eve was, has God really said? That's all. He didn't say to Eve, eat that fruit now. I'm the devil. Eat the fruit now. Otherwise, I will bring all the powers of hell. Eat. do that. It wouldn't have worked. So you know what he did? He started discussing. Has God really said? Are you sure? Really? Do you want to try it? Eh? Don't mind. You will not die. You will not surely die. What is he saying? You have not been set free. You can't prosper here unless you travel abroad. Check. Think about it. The last few jobs you tried to do, it did work. <laughs> Pastor Banky is telling you that you are not cursed. Okay, stay this night. We'll talk in your dream. That's it. Then as you are sleeping, say, oppressing me in my dream. <laughs> and God will let him press you. Do you know why? He wants to check whether you will agree. Yes. No, that's how God is. He allows us to be tempted. But the truth is that you are able to say, if you like press me from now to tomorrow, I'm still free. That's what he's asking for. So I told you. Now say, ah, I have a spirit wife. Have you heard that one before? Now come for deliverance. Let me tell you the truth. You don't have a spirit wife. You don't have a spirit wife. No Christian has a spirit wife. And no Christian has a spirit husband. You don't have. He said, when I was young, my parents betrothed me to the Amadio Hachi priest in the spirit. 
Do you need deliverance from him? Let me tell you the truth. The day you gave your life to Christ, you were delivered. He said your former being, your former self is dead. That guy is married to your corpse. You that's alive now, you are alive in Christ. Are you getting my point? If he says, if he appears in your dream, <laughs> you see home video with all his red banner. <laughs> I am your husband that they gave you to when you were a baby. So tell the guy, really? He said, yes. He said, no. I think you are mistaken. The guy you married died long ago. Your cops. That is your wife's corpse. They, unfortunately for you, they nail him to Jesus Christ. They nail her to Christ on the cross. So go to that cross, go and ask Jesus for the girl you married. Old life is always seen in Christianity as dead and buried. And Paul wrote clearly, if anybody is dead, he's free, from that husband. Is that not so? That's why we talk the way we talk. I hope you're getting the point. Yes, sir. That's why we talk the way we talk. Any, every one of God's children is set free from any so-called agreement made under that former life. If you join the court and swore with your blood, you know the truth? When you give your life to Christ, you are still in the court, too, but it's your dead body that is there. <laughs> you that is alive today, you are free. It's a new life in Christ. It's not the same old life. I hope you are getting my point here. Listen, so if the people show up in the dream, tell the guy, if you lie from now to tomorrow, one thing I will not do, press me from now to tomorrow. That is this one. I can decide that you can't press me. But I will even let you press me. Be pressing. I'll tell you two nights of pressing. Enjoy yourself. But I will not change my mouth. I have been set free in Christ. That's why I tell Christians, don't follow anybody for deliverance. Deliverance is for all these unbelievers. All these village deliverers, they want to break ancestral costs off your life. Don't agree. Because you first have to agree that there are ancestral curses for you to go for the deliverance. But if you understand what Paul was saying to us here, we have already been what? Set free in Christ. That's what we are teaching. That is the doctrine of Christ. All Satan tries to do is to persuade us otherwise. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I said all the time, you say, eh, there, there has been no rich man in our family. There has been no hardworking person in your family. Get that point. All of them have been keen up for civil service job, waiting for social, a socialist government, Hugo Chavez, to be handing them money. Hugo Chavez is a former president of Venezuela. <laughs> he said, but my uncle did a business and it failed. Welcome to the club. In America, where you are running to, nine out of ten businesses fail within the first five years. Of the surviving ones, nine out of ten will fail within the second five years. Which effectively means 19 out of 100 fail within 10 years. Yet, Americans have not come to cue that they have ancestral curses. For us believers, we wake up with a new light. Which is, it takes away the first to establish the second. This business does not work. We go to another one. This man who I enjoy his testimony there, the Australian millionaire, um, Peter Daniels, he started like three or four businesses that all went bankrupt. They, well, he didn't declare bankruptcy. He paid off all his debts. Okay, But all those businesses went down. They said, what was going on? 
He said, well, I had not yet found the area where I was strong. That's all. One day I discovered it. I began to make it there. The Moshakarian's father, his grandfather, moved according to the prophecy of the boy prophet to the United States from Armenia. Now, what happened when they got there? Poverty was their portion. Yet God said, I will prosper you when you get there. So they began to look, what are we going to do? Now, Demo Shakarian's father was, was a little boy when they moved. He started struggling. Now, they had a culture in their family. The women didn't, in their whole society, the women did not work. The men had to work. He was 17 or so. He was a teenager when his father died. He was the only son. He had many sisters and a mother. One day he came home. Where's mommy? So mommy went out to where? He found out the mother has gotten a job somewhere as a housekeeper. The boy packed his bag. Said, where are you going? He said, I'm no longer needed in the house. The mother had to resign the job for the, before the boy agreed to stay. That was their culture. Only men worked. The women were not allowed to do anything like that to earn money for the family. This young boy was working himself to death. He was working in a factory that was destroying his lungs. I'm talking about something here. He now came to church to come and pray. Is it a matter of course? No. The people prayed and gave thanks. You promised us that they quoted the word of God. They now opened the Bible. That's how they used to get the leading of the Spirit. Opened the Bible, he fell somewhere. And he fell to the, 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 somewhere in the enemy. Blessed shall you be in the field. One man read the line. He said, God said, you are not doing the right business. Blessed shall you be in the field. Go and start dealing in field products, farm produce. It didn't cross his mind that he was cursed. That's what I'm talking about. If it's Africa, they said, my enemies in Armenia say I will not prosper in America. Let's begin to pray. All my enemies, Holy Ghost fire. I've told you, don't waste Holy Ghost water. Holy Ghost fire. On your enemies. It's very bad. It's called fire abuse. <laughs> There's drug abuse. If you get up now, you wake up by yourself, you go downstairs, you go and buy one dangerous antibiotic, you start taking it. It's called drug abuse. Why? A doctor didn't prescribe it. Say, why are you taking it for your headache? It's drug abuse. Antibiotic is not meant for headache. When you put Holy Ghost fire on your enemies, it's fire abuse. Holy Ghost fire is allowed to fall only on the Christian who has believed. Is that what's in your Bible? Yes. Upon my head, Holy Ghost fire. If you anoint your enemies, they will kill you. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so upon my enemies, Holy Ghost fire. You are dead. Because they are going to be empowered. When they show up next time, God will be on their side. <laughs> Listen, he didn't pray like that. They just said to him simply, go and deal in farm produce. That's how his life turned around. He just knows that those in the cities, they didn't get fresh vegetables. So he went out to the hinterland, to the villages, bought fresh vegetables, and brought them house to house inside the bigger town, inside the big cities. And said, guys, this is fresh vegetables. And people started buying. He started subscribing. Okay, fresh vegetables. They started buying from him. Then one day they noticed that their milk was not the way it was supposed to be. He changed it to fresh milk. After some time, I said, why do I have to buy milk when I can farm my own um, milk, you know, get my own dairy cows? That's how he got started in dairy business until he became rich and exceedingly rich. Until one day, his son, Demos, had over one million heads of cattle. What do they call one million? They became exceedingly rich. They didn't think they were cursed. 
Listen, anybody can have challenges. Anybody can have. Oh, look, and God allows it. He said, the trial of your faith works patience. Every challenge you go through in life, you learn a lesson from it. But in it, never change your mind. Paul said, we must hold on to this truth and continue to walk in them. I'm talking about the life of Paul. Paul said, this is why I struggle. This is why I pray. This, that is what I pray for you about. Once you hold on to the truth and you don't change your mind about it, you will find that thing begin to manifest in your life. Listen to this. Let nobody persuade you that there is a special reason, a special problem with where you are. Listen, dollar fell from, Naira fell from 120 to the dollar a few years ago, like from six years ago to today, like 400 and all of that. Ask my wife, it doesn't, I don't even pray about it. For this dollar, it will not go further. Dollar, move, wherever you are going, that's your problem. I am still blessed. It doesn't, I just, I refuse to think about it. It doesn't, I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's not my issue. I don't, oh, how do I explain it further? I read it the way I read stories of the tornado in Switzerland. I open the papers. Yearly I read it online. Okay, dollar is now this. Oh, poor dollar. Then I go on to... <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Does it mean it's not affecting me in any way? Of course, of course, I'm buying things and I'm seeing the prices change. I'm seeing the prices change. I told you that in my office. I told somebody it doesn't bother me. I said, that means you have a lot of forex stored up. I said, you are right. Plenty. The amount of forex I have, it really, truth is that I don't, I don't know how to count it. It's uncountable. Literally, you cannot count it. It doesn't have counting measure. And the name is not forex. It's what? Spirex. It's Spirex. It's in heaven. It's not in America. It's, it's heavenly currency. It's convertible through prayer and faith. So I see the thing, but I just say to myself, you won't change my mind. No matter how I feel, you won't change my mind. I've been healed in Christ Jesus. Make me sick. Give me a headache that's making my head bam, bam, bam. I can't see straight. I don't care. I won't change my mouth. I'm still healed in Christ Jesus. Please, I hope you're following my point. Listen, if Satan cannot change your mind concerning what God says he has done for you, then listen, he cannot hinder your blessing for coming into your life. All he ever does is try to bring opinions. The mother will now call you and say that they have arranged for one prophet to come and pray for you. If you go for that prayer meeting, your bondage is almost permanent. Don't say, I didn't warn you. I'm not joking about it, though. There are prayer meetings you don't go for. Like I told my sister that I sent that chat. I said, okay, I avoid Babalao houses. I don't care that they put Jesus Christ in front of it. You should know Babalao house when you see one. I'm not talking about the good Babala war of Christianity. I'm talking about those who claim they gave their life to Christ and did not leave the things there behind. Everywhere the people gather and say they want to help you fight the enemy of your life, those who don't want you to prosper, just get up and go away. If you stay there, you're asking for trouble. One of my friends, that's what happened to him one day. He went to one of those pastors. Look, I'm sorry, I may look like I'm offending people, but I have to deliver those who are listening to me. Yes, that's what Paul said. He told Timothy, with your words, you deliver those who are listening to you. That's true. So you came up here, I owe you a duty. Pursue enemies up and down. People that are required for your destiny. He prepares a table before me. 
If they all die, what will happen? Your table will never be manifested. Anyway, my friend went to, <laughs> went to one of those pastors. He follows personally. The pastor comes to see vision or something for him. He now said he should come for prayer. The pastor spent, like, is it three hours on him? Look, can you remember? I think three hours on only one person. That pastor obviously doesn't have too much to do because three hours on one person, you're not preaching, you're praying. They, they prayed, I think, where do you do your business, Onicha? They began to pray from here to Onicha. Not physically, spiritually. They cut the road into segments. They prayed from here to Tollgate. <laughs> from Tollgate to one hill. From the hill down to Nice my ah, okay, it's too far. Or Jiriba City, the other space there. No. They cut the road, but they prayed, binding every destiny holder, every de- destiny strangler, destiny withholder, enemies, arrows. Every, that time they finished, they don't reach on nature. My friend finished the prayer and went home. He said, Banky, I felt sick. <laughs> he, said, he said, I was so sick, I thought I was going to die. I laughed. I said, you know what? He said, what? I said, fella, I solved your case now. No fella. I don't like Pokuti. Trouble sleep. Young girl go wake up. I said, that's your problem. Trouble was sleeping. Your young girl's spirituality went and disturbed it. The demon said, we are warning you. They have surrounded you. You don't like your surrounding. They have surrounded you with a hedge. You don't like it. One person now brought you to our level. Thank you. <laughs> they beat the demons. They almost killed my friend. And God was watching them. Say, beat him. <laughs> I know God is very kind. He always tells them, don't kill him. You know, that's what he said to Job <laughs> about Job. He said, you will flog him, but you can't kill him. They flogged this, my brother. Beat the light. That is, he said, Banky, I thought I was going to die. I love that doing with Justin. I said, next time, when you see prophets that want to be looking for your placenta, where it's hidden, looking for the, and they start pointing, once they start pointing at people who are fighting your destiny, get up and walk out. Say, where are you going? You say, oh God, you don't know me. And you don't know my Christ. Once they start pointing fingers, they're about to separate relationships. They're about to split your family. They are about to send people to hellfire because you will not be able to reach them. People you are supposed to pray for and love and help, you will separate from them because they will tell you these are your destiny, uh, what they call it, destroyers. All Satan can do is to try to persuade. That's all he can do to try to persuade you that what God said is not true. He will come and tell you stories that you are still bound. Please don't accept it. And faith is not passive. That's what people don't realize. You hear them say, ah, better get up and do something. Your enemies are doing something. That is when you are going to die. The truth is that if you are standing in faith, you are doing all you are ever... That is the, all the things you can do that are effective. That's what you are doing. When they say your enemies are not sleeping, why are you sleeping? That is why you should sleep. That your sleep is defense against enemies. That your sleep is release of divine power against those enemies. If you wake up, God says that I don't sleep, I don't slumber. But when you compete with me for my job, I'll go and rest. 
people don't realize it. Faith is not passive. Faith is really the firing of real spiritual weapon. Faith is when you quench the fiery darts. When they say to you, your enemies are against you, you say, in Christ Jesus, I'm tough. If you don't say anything, no, that is, they will, they will die, they will die. Just say, in Christ Jesus, I'm untouchable. The Bible says that's a shield of faith. Every fiery dart that's coming in your direction, they are quenched. The Bible never says, send any arrow back to anybody. Say, quench it. All of these are, f- f- they are prayers of fear. You are afraid. They'll tell you that, ah, as a Christian, you shouldn't be relaxed. Oh. Why shouldn't I be relaxed? When God has given me victory in Christ, why shouldn't I be relaxed? Why should I not be relaxed? Did he not say clearly, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you relaxation. <laughs> Listen, that relaxation, that relaxation that we're talking about is actually a spiritual weapon against struggles. That was why God commanded Israel to rest on the Sabbath day. That was why he commanded us and said, don't take any thought about the morrow. Because resting in God is a spiritual weapon. So don't have the impression that the man who's jumping up and shouting, fire, fire, is the one praying. The one who's sleeping is having more effect spiritually. That one who's shouting fire, fire, forget that thing, he's just afraid. This is fear. When, look, when the, the boat was rocking to and fro, what was Jesus doing? When he woke up, he told them, where's your faith? If you had faith, you'd have been sleeping beside me. <laughs> it's true. If you had faith, when the storm started, <laughs> Peter would just say, John, are they come? Just pull over and say, Jesus, I bet ships more. <laughs> May your guy lie down for here. That if all of them had come and laid down, the storm would have looked. I'm going to capsize some other boats. <laughs> are you getting my point here? Please, oh, I'm going to emphasize this. Don't let Satan tell God. That's what they try to do. Some of these prayer points that they are sending out there is weakening our faith. It's not strengthening our faith. In our school of prayer, we've been teaching about how believers are supposed to pray. When you wake up, you want to pray about your life. I say all the time, things are not working well the way they're supposed to work well. There's a simple prayer we pray here. Lord, give me understanding. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and life will move. Things will move. Things will move. I need understanding. That's a prayer. Paul prayed for these people that God will give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That God will open your eyes so you can know. Not stay up all night fighting the devil that has been defeated in Christ Jesus. The devil has very few powers. I've said it. one of them is to tempt. And that's what I'm talking about again today. He tempts people to disagree with these things that God showed to Paul. Let me emphasize something to us here. Paul said, look, what God has done for you in Christ is so vast that all your life you'll be praying to know more of it. That is all this one we have made noise. We say we have 44 messages on one particular CD. Go and listen to it on Christ. Paul said, when you finish, the summary of it is that you will have wet your appetite so much, you will pray, God, show me more. Why? He said it's deep. He said it is not possible to know everything. He said, but know as much as you can, then you'll be established in life. That's what he said. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Paul said, this is why I struggle. This is what my fight is about. So that you will know what God has done for you in Christ and you are establishing it. I was talking about ministry. Paul said, that is what my, my life is about to. He said, don't lose heart because of my trials here. 
He said, I'm suffering for you. You should feel honored. Listen, let me quickly drop that. That's what, look, we're supposed to emulate all of us believers. In life, it was talking about gifts. Uh, let me just add that briefly. They will come back to it next time, all right? It's something, uh, like I said, I read into that, so we can just use it to dovetail into what we'll talk about next time, all right? So Paul said, I am suffering for you, so you can know. In summary, that's my gift. My gift is to go around suffering, in quotes, so that you can know. So you can know truth, so you can have the information that you have been set free, so you can be established in that information. He said, that's my gift. He now said, in summary, everybody has a gift. Just like I'm suffering for you. There's an area you should be suffering for somebody and for something. I don't know whether you're getting my point. We'll talk about that next time. That was why Paul went into the discussion in chapter 4. He used to have a flow. He said, I am a prisoner serving the Lord. And I'm begging you, as part of my assignment, to live a life worthy of your calling. Always be humble, gentle. Be patient with one another. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Except for there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. We'll look at this next time. So there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. However, despite all of this, he has given each one of us a special gift. Even though we are all one, but each person has a special gift. I hope I can get into this next time. I want to explain a particular principle. And that's the fact that Paul showed us how we can hinder. He talked about how great the power of Christ is. He said, but the things we do can lead to a hindrance of the release of God's power. Like here, he told the people, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, we'll come back to it next time. Okay? If you, don't, if you are not patient with one another, if you don't maintain the unity of the Spirit... If you don't, what will happen is that the power of Christ that wants to manifest through you will not be made manifest. Are you getting my point? Let's take a family. It's the best example now for what I have for now. A man, his wife, God says that he should spend every effort, make excuses for her fault, make excuses for his faults. He said, be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of love. When you do that, you are preserving, you are keeping yourself united in spirit. I'm giving an example, husband and wife. He said, you bind yourselves together in peace. Now, my emphasis here is that he said, it's effort you put in. It's effort you put in. It's effort you put in. Anytime your wife talks like this, it has a way of destroying your equilibrium. So you call her and say, baby, please don't talk like this. It disturbs my equilibrium. You try your best to ensure your equilibrium is not disturbed. Yes, that's true. Then your wife also, when you hear that, even though you say there's nothing wrong with what I am saying, I agree there's nothing wrong. But it disturbs his equilibrium. So maybe his equilibrium has a problem. Are you getting my point? Until we fix his equilibrium problem, why disturb it? Are you getting me? After all, sometimes you may find out that you are allergic to something. You don't eat it. Even though the whole of this world is eating it, you are the only one allergic to it. What do you do? You don't eat it. You can't say, yeah, nah. uh, why come I'm not the only one? I'll just eat it like that. You, you are the one that will suffer it. Are you getting my point? Even though he's the one that has an equilibrium problem, we know. But because of love, what do we do? We will not disturb, we'll avoid it. 
So the man said, when you say, in the morning, when you say, hey, it's a good day, oh, it makes my head ache. It's a good thing to say it's a good day, right? So next morning, you wake up and say, praise the Lord, the day is good. You get my point? Just say it in another way, so that the man's equilibrium will not be disturbed. This is why prosperity does not come into homes. That's what Paul was saying. When a man goes out in the morning to go and make money, and his wife has said, hey, you will come back today. The guy can't break. He can't be blessed where he is. Instead of saying, he will come back today. He should be there saying, in the name of Jesus, favor surrounds my husband. Father, in the name of Jesus, prosperity is his portion. I've been sent to... That is, you are declaring words. That's why any means will really die. <laughs> are you getting my point? Any, any computer wants to treat the man anyhow. When you say, in Jesus' name, it is well with my husband. It has to be unwell with somebody else. Uh, it brings down one to lift up another. But when you are there, say, eh, she have gone. Go now. She will come back. The two of you have been joined together. As the guy, they get infection. Now they get pneumonia. Are you getting my point? <laughs> you can't. Okay, what am I talking about marriage now? It's good. We should be dropping these things once in a while. Let me drop, uh, okay, I've left my message now, but I will stay on the le- left message, don't worry. Your husband wants to start a project, maybe he's a businessman. You don't think it makes a lot of sense, so you're not in total agreement. One thing you must never do is to sit down every day rehearsing what is wrong with it. You don't do that. You must never want to be proven right. You should every day pray for him. One, 50% of the chance, at least, being moderate, is that you are wrong. It's only it's half half. You may be the one that's wrong. What do you do every day? You kneel down and you pray for him. We have this impression. The Bible Paul said told us here that God is able to do above what we can ask or think. We think God only answers what we ask. That's not true. I've read enough. Listen. The man is going out to do what is not, you, you're not sure the project is right. But you kneel down there and say, Father, I thank you. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication. Bless my husband. I ask for special favor concerning him. Don't even think about the project. Don't call that project by name. Don't say anything about it. Because if you do, your faith will kill it. Your faith is too bad. Unbelief ruins things. So take your mind away from it. Because you are not in total agreement. Just leave it. Just think of him. Father, I thank you. It's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to this generation. It's a blessing to our children. It's a blessing. You're just declaring what? That project, since you don't know anything about it, because you can only pray with faith. If there's no faith, you can't pray. So don't pretend. That's why people pray with the word of God, because it's not, listen, you can never go wrong with it. When it comes to God's word, you can never go wrong with it. You can never go wrong with it. And if you pray with his word, the word is alive and active. It can think. It can go there and shut that business down and say, oh boy, go to another one. It can make that one prosper even though you did not think it will work. I hope you're getting my point here. I'll talk about that again. That's why he said preserve that unity, that bond of the spirit. So we work to preserve the bond of unity. We work on that. Now, I just use as an illustration because Paul said, what he was saying in effect is this. If we don't do that, the power of Christ cannot be manifested. And I want to say something to you today. Clearly, I believe is the Spirit of God. In fact, I will listen to David Paulson. 
He said, the, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came by Hosea. He said, he didn't say the word of the Lord came to Hosea. He said, there's a difference. When the word of the Lord came, comes to somebody, it's a prophetic word. When it comes by, something, by somebody, it's born out of understanding. That's a new one. I've also cramming it. <laughs> we are looking at it. <laughs> now, they'll be positive. Let me try it. You know, I learn every day. Hey, ask my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm an ardent student. I'm always looking for who to learn from. Okay? So, I believe it's the word of the Lord that's coming by me. Not, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, born of understanding. I believe it to be the word of the Lord. The problem Nigeria has had hmm? in this Boko Haram Islamic agenda, and you've heard me say some things along this line before, is not the strength of Islam. It's not the strength of Boko Haram. It is that the church refused to preserve the bond of unity in the spirit. That is why. That is one. But that's one. The second one just came to my mind. And secondly, they tolerate a lot of nonsense. They tolerate a lot of rubbish. There are people that the church should have gotten up and spoken against. Men of God should have been bold on their pulpits to declare a word against him and tell him, you can deceive the country, we don't mind. But if you use the name Jesus, you will die. Call yourself Chris Lahab. Call yourself Guru Maharaj. We'll pray for you. But if you use that name Jesus, we will curse you. You will wake up one morning, you're blind, you have a stroke. Go and read Revelations. You will find out that the church is judged for what it tolerates. You were praying just now, and I heard the prayer you were saying, that some people try to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, and they failed, and the fear of God came upon people. Not the fear of the demon. They tried to cast out. When demons went after them, people began to fear the word of God. I was one new something one of our brothers and sisters forwarded to our group. How some people were nabbed. I didn't even know it was Enugu. That thing somebody forwarded to support the point I was making that time. It was Enugu here, they caught them. A, syn- at a syndicate that goes around faking miracles. And one pastor had hired them for a crusade in Abakiliki. Listen, we need one or two guys to drop dead on the pulpit while they are doing that. After all, Anas and Safira. Only lied about how much offering they gave. Yet you stand up and lie with miracles. You hire people. But we tolerate it. And I say this Islamic agenda. Go and read. If you know, if you know God well and you know history well, you will know God has only raised Islam to buffet people he wants to punish. It's not a strong religion itself. Is a weapon in God's hands to harass people's souls. What I've told you is a matter, is a matter of fact. I'm not joking about it. They say, Turkey was a Christian nation. Jesus warned them now. So if you don't take correction, I am coming to remove your candlestick. Didn't you read the book of Revelations? They now come and say, Christians, be careful. Turkey was a Christian nation. But their God said to them, if you don't take correction, if you don't heed my warning, I will remove your candlestick, your lampstand from its place. Then when he removes it, I will now be making noise. Because there's a second thing I wanted to make, statement I wanted to make. Let me just make a, a, a statement or two of it, and I close it. I will know that's why I stopped. So I, I, I'm emphasizing all of this to just point out something. That if we do what is right, we maintain that bond of unity in the spirit, giving allowance to one another, it is every denomination will now be the same. 
If you read in, in between the lines, Paul wouldn't really, that's not what he's saying to us today. What he's saying is that based on the gifts that each individual has, we can, we can gather separately. Some people are strong in reaching young people. Some are strong in reaching older people. Some can, are strong in, and, I mean, you go to church, you have to interpret in two languages. Many of us can't stay there. You go to a church where everybody speaks English. Chris Okote is your pastor. You have to listen to concatenation of revelation. <laughs> That's a church. You, yeah, yeah, really. But some, hmm, uh, what's the name of that your guy? No, no, the guy from, from Worry. The bishop of the whole world. There's another church me that Oga Minerijesu is a pastor. I may not go there, but I bless God for his life. He's reaching those I can't reach. There are those that pick him, speech, preach only in pigeon. And that would be, in fact, there's one man I knew, I, I see on TV, preaching in Ibadan. I never heard anybody fluent in preaching Yoruba like that. When a guy quotes scripture in Yoruba, my God, I, 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 I respect. I, and I like to watch him sometimes, you know, when I can, just to hear words that he uses for, you know, what I say in English. I want to hear how he will say it in my native tongue. Because I never heard those things before. We can't be in the same church. The same denomination, that's what I'm going to say. So that's not, but, but there can be a unity of the spirit. There can be a bond of the spirit. We can be united. And that's what Paul was saying, that we should try our best to be united. We have to strive hard. He now says something, which is the statement I want to make, and I close with it. He says, only through the church, only through the church, can God demonstrate what he has done in Christ Jesus. He can't do it anywhere else. The healing that he wrought in Christ Jesus is only through us that it will be demonstrated. We say we have the prosperity, sorry, the poverty in our lives has been, has been broken. It's only through the church that God will demonstrate it. So Paul now went from that point and started talking about how we should live. Started talking about how we should live so that God can demonstrate through us what he has done in Christ Jesus. I hope you've gotten my point. I hope the message today was simple enough. But one thing I want you to live with today is learn the truth, hold on to the truth, and don't let anybody persuade you against it. The truth is Christ. It's what God has done for you in Christ. Any doctrine preached that does not magnify what he has done in Christ, reject it entirely. Let's rise to our feet. Let's close.